This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. I'm Stuart Finlay. Welcome to the Life Study Program on Free FM 89.0. Life Study of the Bible is produced by Living Stream Ministry, Anaheim, California, and brought to you by the Church in Hamilton. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as a divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you will get a deeper appreciation of the Scriptures and our dear Lord Jesus. Today it's Ed Marks with Witness Lee for our program in the Life Study of the Gospel of John. The title is The Need of the Impotent, Life's Enlivening. The verses are John chapter 5, verses 1 through 47. If you'd like to contact us, our telephone number is Hamilton 853-2620. Now here's Ed and Witness Lee. God never intended to have a religion. Actually, religion is to worship God to serve God, and to live for God without Christ. Ed, welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back on the broadcast again where we can fellowship concerning the truth of God's holy word. Ed, we've been examining the various cases in John chapter 3 and 4 and how the Gospel of John so thoroughly exposes all types of people and how their unique need is God's life. Today in chapter 5, we come to the fourth case, and we're going to see something quite surprising about how incapable religion is of meeting man's need. Yes, in the previous broadcasts, what we saw in John chapter 2 is life's principle and life's purpose. But then when we come to John 3, we begin a long section which shows us that Christ as life meets the need of every man's case. In John chapter 3, we saw the need of moral people, and the need of moral people is life's regenerating. Then when we came to John 4, we saw the need of the immoral. The need of the immoral is life satisfying. The reason why people sin and why they get into immorality is because they are not satisfied. Only Christ as life can satisfy man. Then at the end of John 4, we see the need of the dying. And the need of the dying is life's healing. And Christ as life heals us through his life-giving word. Uh, Now we come to John chapter 5. And in John chapter 5, we see the need of the impotent. This case shows us that we are powerless to keep the law of man's religion. So the need of the impotent is life's enlivening. And this case is very wonderful And it will show us how incapable religion is of meeting man's need and that only Christ as life can enliven man and meet his need. And now let's join Witness Lee with today's life study from the Gospel of John. Now, we come to the fourth case. A case of the need of the impotent. 
this case is one that exposes the vanity of any religion. Religion is not something God intended to have. God didn't have any intention to have a religion. God's intention was to give his holy word to his people, revealing to them that the coming one will be their salvation. And the coming one is just the Son of God. And he will come to be everything to them, to be their life, to be their salvation, to be their glory, to be their righteousness, to be their holiness, to be their redemption, to be their salvation, to be their everything. But the Jewish people didn't realize to this effect. Rather, they picked up some verses, some commandments, and they made some rituals, some regulations, and then they put all these commandments, rituals, regulations together, and they formed a religion. Eventually, what is a religion in our term? Not in Webster's term. Religion in our term is to worship God and to behave yourself without Christ. Religion is just you trying your best to worship God, to do good, to please God, and to behave yourself to become a perfect person. And this is religion without Christ. It has to be with Christ as reality. Then you are out of religion. When the Lord Jesus came, he was the one that was promised in the Old Testament. And he was the one that was prophesied in the Old Testament. He was the one, the coming one, who was going to be salvation, life, light, even glory, righteousness, and holiness, and everything to God's people. But when he came, God's people got fully preoccupied with their religion. In their hearts, there was no ground, no space for this coming one. If you read the four Gospels, you can see wherever the Lord Jesus went and wherever he was, aha, he was fully opposed by what? By that genuine, typical religion formed according to God's holy word. And even those religionists were opposing this living one in the name of God. Now, in chapter 3, we didn't see this religious opposition to Christ. In chapter 4, we didn't see this either. But now we come to chapter 5. In the fourth case, I tell you, this opposition from the religion here is fully exposed. In this chapter, the main thing 
on the negative side is for us to see the inadequacy, the vanity of this religion, and the opposition to Christ of this religion. But, praise the Lord, in this chapter, we also have the positive side. On the positive side, this chapter shows us the adequacy, the sufficiency of Christ as life in enlivened people. Let's break in right here, Ed. In this introduction to John chapter 5, we're presented with a couple of ideas that may need some clarification. First of all, the notion that religion is not something that fulfills God's intention, and secondly, that religion even opposed Jesus in that day. Could you explain these two thoughts a little? Yes, the first thought is that religion does not fulfill God's intention. We need to see that the Jewish religion was formed according to the Holy Word in the Old Testament. But God never intended to have a religion. God's intention revealed in the 66 books of the Bible is for him to come to dispense himself into man to be man's life, life supply, and everything to build up the house of God, the church, for his universal expression. In the Old Testament, God gave his word to his chosen people to reveal that he would come in Christ to be man's salvation, life, and everything for the fulfillment of God's purpose. So uh, Luke 24:44 is a very significant verse. When the two disciples were walking with the Lord on the road to Emmaus, after his resurrection, he told them that all the things written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me must be fulfilled. This verse shows us that the entire Old Testament is a revelation of Christ and that he is the center and content of the Old Testament. But what happened is that instead of God's chosen people seeing this, what they did is they took the things of the Old Testament and formed them into rituals and regulations to make a religion. This shows us that even today as Christians, we can have Christ just in terminology, but we may not have Christ as our living reality. Now, the second point that we need to see is that religion opposed Jesus in that day, and it continues to oppose him today. Now, this verse is very significant in John chapter 5, verse 10. After the Lord healed this impotent man on the Sabbath, it says the Jews said to the one who had been healed, it is the Sabbath and it is not lawful for you to take up your mat. This, this is just amazing. This shows that they didn't care for this impotent man at all. All they cared for was the ritual of their religion to keep the Sabbath. This is a big tragedy. Even in verse 16, when they found out that Jesus was the one who healed this impotent man, it says the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he did these things on the Sabbath. How terrible this is. This shows, number one, that Christ as life, when he enlivens man, he breaks the ritual of religion. And when he does this, the religious ones, they get very upset even to the point that they wanted to kill Jesus. And this has happened throughout church history. 
all the real lovers and seekers of Jesus who want to pursue Christ and follow him as life, they have been opposed and persecuted by religion. It's, it's very striking. What we see today is that today's Christianity has become a religion in the same principle of Judaism. A religion has been formed unconsciously in Christianity today. And when we pursue Christ as a reality, many times, and this is tragic, those who are in religion oppose us for pursuing Christ, enjoying Christ, and loving Christ, and wanting only Christ. This, was, this happened in the New Testament, and this has continued throughout church history, and it should not surprise us when we are opposed, when we are simply loving Christ and pursuing Christ and wanting to take Christ as everything. Ed, it's wonderful that we're not just left with how inadequate religion is to man, but that this chapter really leads to the adequacy and sufficiency of Christ. Now we come to this case in chapter 5 of the crippled, impotent man, and what we see is a picture. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. I like this picture in chapter 5. What is this picture? In Jerusalem, there was a pool full of water. It was so strange, up to a certain time, an angel would come to stir up the water of the pool. Then, whosoever will be the first to jump into the water will get healing. But this picture shows that there is a person who had been sick 38 years. He couldn't move an inch. And he saw the stirring up of the water, full of expectation. But he couldn't make it. <laughs> this is the picture. The law is good, but you just don't have the ability to keep it. This is the picture. The law is good, Paul says. The law is good, the law is holy, the law is spiritual, right? Just no problem with the law, but the problem is with you. You are not only sick, but you are also dead. And how could you expect a dead person to walk? Before the dead person to walk, surely you have to make him alive first. Galatians 3 says, the law doesn't give people a life. The law only requires people. The law only puts demands on people. The law never affords people with a life. But here is a dead person. You know, in the eyes of the Lord, that sick one of 38 years was a sick dead person. He was not only sick there, he was dead there. How do I know that he was a dead person in the Lord's eyes? Because Lord said in verse 24, the dead will hear his voice. So the Lord considered him as a dead person. Friends, if you are still religious, if you are still trying to keep the law, let me check with you. 
do you realize that you are a dead person or you are a living person? You have to admit that you are dead. Okay, as a dead person, how could you keep the law? It is impossible to the law through the weakness of the flesh. There is a way, no doubt about it. There is an angel, there is a water, there is a stirring up of the water, there is a way, but you don't have the <laughs> ability to fulfill the requirement. So you see, this case affords you a clear picture depicting that we, the dead people, have no possibility to keep the law. With the law, there's no hope. With the law, we are a helpless and hopeless case. This case exposes the law-keeping religion is vanity. By that time, in that typical religion, there was the holy city, there was the holy temple, there was the holy angel, there was the holy Bible, there was such a pool, uh, and there was a feast, festival day, and there was also a Sabbath, all good things. But look, with this sick one, rather I would say with this dead one, all these good things could do nothing to him. Even on the feast day, he didn't have the joy. Even on the Sabbath day, he didn't have the rest. Let's pause here again, Ed. John 5 gives us this very vivid picture, the crippled man on the steps of the pool of water and the angel coming to stir the pool. Can you say a little more about how this whole situation connects to man's attempt to reach God's goal by trying his best to keep the law? The basis for such a connection is that in order for the impotent man to be healed, he needed to have the strength to be able to walk and act. But he didn't have that strength. He was impotent. In the same way, if we look later in the New Testament in Romans 7, Paul shows us that we are impotent. We are powerless to keep the law. When we try to do good, evil is right there with us. There is a law in man's flesh called the law of sin and death. And when man tries to do good, he is powerless to overcome that law of sin and death. We are powerless to keep the law, but Christ indwells us as the all-powerful one. We need him to be our life, and we need him to enliven us. Now, with the impotent man, not only was he impotent, this chapter reveals that actually he was dead. Because in verse 25 of this chapter, the Lord Jesus said, An hour is coming, and it is now, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. Before we receive the Lord as our life, Ephesians 2.1 tells us that we were dead in trespasses and sins. This means that we were dead spiritually. We all need to hear the life-giving word of the Lord so that we can be enlivened, so that we can be filled with him as life, to bring us out of our impotency. Then we have Christ as our life power, 
and we can walk and live according to him as the spirit to fulfill God's demand for his expression. So this impotent man, he had the law demanding things of him. And with this law in Judaism, there was the holy city, the holy temple, the feasts, the Sabbath, the angels, Moses, and the Old Testament scriptures. But none of these did him any good. What he needed was Christ as the reality of all these things to enliven him with life so that he could have this life power to fulfill God's demand and to express God. Thanks, Ed. When we left Witness Lee, we found the helpless man surrounded by all the religious items, the holy city, the temple, the pool, the angel, and even the holy feast, yet none of these were of any help to this poor one. But under this background, out of sudden, to his surprise, a little man came. Not a big giant came. Not the archangel. Michael came. A little Jesus came. And no man would pay attention to him. He had no beauty. He had no attraction. He came. And he came directly to the sick man. And look at him. My, I tell you, this little load is worth of billions of dollars. You know the story? He asked him, would you be made whole? That means, would you be healed? This hopeless person didn't know anything else he only knew that pool, that water, the angel coming, filling up the water. That was all he knew. And he knew also that with him, there's no hope. There's no ability. So he told the Lord Jesus all this real situation. But the Lord Jesus said, rise up. Not only rise up, but also walk. Not only walk, but also walk. Walk with the bed that carries you. Now you have to carry the bed. Probably, you know, brothers, if I were there, I would say, Sir, I can't make it. <laughs> I've been relying on the bed for 38 years. <laughs> I couldn't move even an inch. I couldn't do it. I tell you, don't argue with the Lord's word. Whatever he says, you just aim it. Then you rise up. <laughs> don't argue. Don't reason. I tell you, if you reason, you lose everything. That day, it was so good. That man rose up. And what? And what was the bed? In this case, it is not a matter of healing. It is a matter of unleavened. He got quickened. He got made alive. What is this? This is to change death into life. 
I don't need the pool, I don't need the water, I don't need the angel, I don't need the earth, I don't need the heaven, I don't need the porch, I don't need anything. I have Jesus. Yeah. I thought I have Jesus. Jesus is everything. I tell you, this was the real picture. We all have to see this. <laughs> this was the reason a strong opposition rose up. What? You work on the Sabbath day? Don't you know? <laughs> that is altogether illegal for you to work on the Sabbath day. Who told you to work? She said, I don't know the name. <laughs> I don't know who you are. I will find out and let you know. Oh, Lord Jesus. What a life. As long as we have Jesus, religion means nothing. As long as we have the Lord Jesus, I tell you, we have life. Life brings me joy, life brings me rest, life brings me light, life brings me everything. As long as I have Jesus as my life, I have joy, I have rest, I have life, I have everything. Well, it's hard not to say amen to that, Ed. That's a great way to conclude this word. As long as we have Jesus, we have everything. Yes, this is really marvelous. In this chapter, it is very marvelous that he meets the need of the impotent. All of us need to realize that we're impotent, we're weak, we're powerless. But Christ, as our life, our life supply, and our everything, can enliven us with all that he is so that we can meet God's demands and express God for his glory in this universe. Thank you, Ed. A definition of religion that has helped me for many years is religion is doing something for God without God. This was a very clear message today. May our ears be open to hear this word in the Gospel of John. We're always happy to hear from you and to answer any questions you may have. We have copies of the recovery version of the New Testament with its accompanying footnotes available and these are free. We'd love to send you a copy. If you'd rather, you can order a free copy from Bibles for New Zealand at bfnz.org.nz. They also have a phone number 0800 40 40 80. You can call us on Hamilton 853 2620. Join me again next week at the same time, 2.30pm, when we will have the next life study in the book of John. We close with the hymn, I cannot breathe enough of thee. It's from the CD each one has. The sweetest name on earth, a note so full of melody, comes from my heart so joyously and fills my soul with mirth, and fills my soul with mirth.
You're listening to Free FM 89.0, a great station supported by New Zealand On Air. We hope you've enjoyed today's life study program. Thank you for listening. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.